0: You can be seated, Woodside. How are you today? Good. It's great to see you all. If you don't know, my name is Jim. I'm the campus pastor here at Woodside, Lake Orion. And uh, if you didn't know, summer is here. It's great, right? It's going to be 60 this week. I'm like, I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt to church. We're going to name it today and claim it, and it's summertime. So I'm tired of uh, winter. It's dead to me. And... um, I'm ready to move on, but no, I'm joking. It's great to see you all. Um, it's great to have you with us, to worship with us. It's uh, a great morning. We're going to have a good time in Matthew chapter 24, if you want to turn there. Matthew 24, uh, verses 36 to 51. We'll read them in just a moment. Um, but uh, this morning, as I was thinking about, or this week, excuse me, as I think about our message, it reminded me of how oftentimes I like to be prepared. I don't know about you. We're talking about that a lot this morning. Pastor or, or Ryan, our worship leader, we was talking about that this morning as well. Being prepared, uh, it's, it's something that's super good. Each Sunday, I, um, I get overwhelmed with being prepared for this moment because God has given me these moments, and you've given your time here and our church. God uh, wants to speak to all of you, not through me, but through his word, but through my mouth. And so being prepared is super important for me in this moment, that I would have exactly what God has for you in this moment through the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of you. I like to be prepared. I mean, I like to be prepared in a lot of different things. I'm a, I'm a big hunter. If you didn't know me, if you're new to our church, that's my, one of my things I love to do is go hunting. And uh, if you didn't know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. Actually, what I love about hunting is actually more about the preparation than it is actually in going hunting. Uh, oftentimes because preparation is the fun part. I mean, if you want to be a bow hunter, like I like to hunt with a bow, you have to be prepared. So man, well before you ever go out and try to like do anything or hunt, you have to be prepared. I mean, we shoot year round our bows because it's fun and it helps us prepare. So we like honor an animal and actually uh, something happens very quickly. And I mean. All kinds of different things. I mean, there's so much technology now with hunting. I mean, you have cameras that hook up to cell towers and motion detected. So when an animal goes by, it sends you a text message and all this stuff. So we love to geek out and prepare for this. Last year, we were going hunting in Kansas in September. So we flew to Kansas in July just to put up some cameras and then fly home uh, so that we could be prepared for September hunting. I mean, that's how much I like to prepare Uh, It helps me to keep working out so I don't get fat and old um, because it takes a lot of exertion. Last year, we were hunting in Kansas, and where we were hunting, we hiked three miles back in, and you can't bring a car or anything back there. And so when you harvest an animal, we had to hike in, cut this animal, bring it back out on their backs, three miles in, three miles out, two to three different times. And if that wasn't the case, uh, if I wasn't actively trying to stay in somewhat shape, I would have probably be dead in the woods somewhere in Kansas. But I like preparing, because, you know what, oftentimes the difference between success and failure in hunting and in life is about preparation. And the same thing is true in our Christian life. I mean, it's about preparation and how prepared we are. And the lack of readiness and complacency in our lives often costs us opportunity in life. And when we think about what we're looking at today, which leads me to ask a question, is there an event that you feel unprepared for in life? Think about that for a moment. Is there any events that you look at in life and you're like, man, I think I am unprepared for this. I was always unprepared for being a dad. That event, I don't think anyone's prepared for. I mean, it's just there, and then you're like, okay, Lord, help me uh, to not mess my kid up too much, right? Because you can't prepare for what that is. But when you think about life, we've been looking at the series uh, um, what now how tomorrow shapes today and we've been looking at the olivet discourse with jesus sharing with his disciples about what's coming literally in in years but also in the end when he comes back officially and he wants them the whole idea i shared with this with you the the first couple of weeks that jesus heart is less prophetic and more pastoral it's not that it's not prophetic but it's very pastoral to his disciples saying man i want you to be prepared and today when we look at our passage today we're looking at the idea of when Christ comes back and when Jesus shares with his disciples to be prepared his heart is there that's why we named the series what now how tomorrow shapes today like what you believe about Christ about Christ's return should shape how you live today So if you believe, like we do here at Woodside, there's a literal bodily return of Christ coming in the future, if you believe that, man, you need to be prepared, right? Or you should be. You should be thinking about, we should be thinking about, man, how are we prepared for when Christ comes back, which is the thing we're looking at today. It's just one question. Are you ready? And I know that's a heavy question just to start off, and are you ready it's a real one that's in our text and in the text of scripture all over the place. Are you ready for when Christ comes again? Are you living in light of that second coming? Are you living in light of the fact that Christ is coming back one day and we are going to see him face to face? So I ask you, how do you prepare yourself? How do you be ready for when Christ comes back? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's what we're looking at uh, today in verses 36 through 40. Four of matthew chapter 24 it'll be on the screen let's just read the first half of it there's just two things i want us to see this morning or this afternoon that will make us ready or help us prepare for one when, when christ comes back it'll help us wrestle in our own hearts and souls if we're not if we are ready for christ to come back look in verse 36 with me but concerning that day and hour no one knows not even, the, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man, verse 38. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in a field, and one will be taken, and one left. Two women will be grinded at the mill, and one will be taken, and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. In verse 43, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into, in verse 44, therefore... You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The first way we ready ourselves for, the Christ, for Christ's return, again, is to be prepared, is being prepared. That's the first thing we see in the text. That's what Christ's heart is with his disciples. I mean, Jesus makes it super clear through all of the texts that I just read, super abundantly clear. No one, and I mean no one, knows when Jesus will return, except the Father. He makes it super clear. He says even the Son himself he doesn't know. Now, this isn't Jesus saying like, "Hey, you know what? I am not fully God." He's admitting that he's just some man. Like I don't know. Note this is, as you read many commentators as they're writing about this. This is Jesus fully. Setting aside his subordinate, or he's, he's, being, he's living in a subordinate relationship to his father as the son submits to the father and the spirit submits to the will of, of the son. I mean, there's this beautiful thing in the trinity of mutual submission. That's why God uses it as this beautiful picture of marriage that we mutually submit to one another. So the son says, man, I don't know. The father knows when I will return, when that great day happens. But can I tell you, Jesus' point isn't to make a big deal about when he returns. His his thing is, is that his heart is for his disciples that they would be prepared for when he returns. Did you know that oftentimes when you read these verses in the Olivet Discourse, a lot of the time that, and energy that, that the Christians spend in this and in Daniel and Revelation is oftentimes trying to figure out when Christ is coming back, when Jesus' heart is less about giving you a timeline so you can figure it out and we can like land on a day and an hour and be ready. No, he's always saying, be ready. It'll come at a time you don't expect. You don't know the hour. You don't know the day. My father knows it's your job. His heart here is to be prepared. Are you prepared for when he comes back? So he shares this amazing illustration. Jesus is a master of a storyteller, and he shares often in parables. We're going to start look at those next week. But he, he shares these illustrations to get to our hearts, to get to the disciples' hearts, to drive home his point. And he says it's going to be compared. He goes all the way back to the time of Noah. He says, man, it's going to be like this in Noah's day. Man, when, when it was back then, no one was expecting, they actually made fun of him. People were eating and drinking and marrying and giving marriage, right? That is to say that everyone was going about their lives and no one was going to expect what was about to happen until Noah entered the ark and the door closed. And then everything changed and God judged Humanity. The flood swept them all away, as the text says. Jesus says this is what it's going to be like when he comes back. People will be going about their business, they'll be doing life. And suddenly and swiftly, God will come back and Jesus is going to come back and he's going to judge the world. Now, a note to be noted here is that he's speaking here about unrighteous or unbelievers, that the the, the judgment of those who don't place their faith and trust in Jesus is going to be quick and swift like the flood. No one's going to know. It's going to be, man, this overwhelming moment. Now, the point of these comparisons here is illustrations for the disciples, they're charged For us for them to be ready. He says in verse forty two, if you have your Bible or your phone or your iPad or wherever you read the Bible from in verse forty two he says, Stay awake, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. He's saying men to be spiritually alert, be actively waiting, not sitting around waiting until the Lord comes back, but be prepared. Be prepared to see him. He he says, watch, therefore. When you get into the verb, it literally means keep watching. It's not a one day, like I just woke up like, okay, I watched. How long I got to do this, Lord? No, it's an idea of of a continual watching, an actively waiting participant, that as I go through life, I'm waiting for the Lord's return, but it's not something where I just sit in a pew and do nothing for the Lord. I'm prepared. I'm moving. I'm following Jesus in everyday life. Life And once again, Jesus uses this example to make a point of his second coming. He says in verse 43 that the master of the house, if he would have known when the robbers were coming, he would have stayed alert so he wouldn't get robbed. So just imagine like if someone came to you and said, hey man, I'm coming by your house later today and I'm going to rob you at 8 p.m. You'd be like, okay, sweet. So two things are happening. I'm getting out of my home for my own protection, or I am standing, waiting. I am making a home alone defense, ready to rock and roll, right? But he says, man, if that was the case, man, if the guy, if the master would have known when the robber was coming, he would have prepared himself. But the whole point is verse 44. You must also be ready because you don't know the hour, He's using the illustration, man, you would be ready if I told you the exact hour. But the point is, is that I'm called to live a life that is prepared every single day. I'm living a life that is actively waiting for the Lord to return so that if the Lord returns tomorrow, I am prepared. I'm ready to see him. I'm ready to see him face to face. I don't know about you, but it's interesting if you've, Maybe the women here can understand what I'm talking about here. You probably love it when your mother-in-law or, you know, guys can be the same, a friend or family member or whoever it might be just swings by unexpected and wants to hang out. Just comes by your house and you're there and you take off running you're like, your mother in-laws at the door. She wants to hang out. Or your mom, not your mother-in-law. And they come in, they just want to swing by and see how you're doing and check in or whatever it may be. And you feel a little bit embarrassed because it's unexpected and you are not prepared. I mean, and then you start explaining like, this isn't how we normally live. We normally don't have Dorito bags on the floor and you know, our house isn't normally this messy and like, you know, it's just a one day thing. It's totally fine. Like, this isn't how we actually live. This isn't how our house always is. And you're like kicking stuff under the couch and whatever it may be. And it would be so nice if you knew exactly when they are coming because you would have probably loved to like prepare a meal for them or a dessert or coffee and be ready for them. And this is what Jesus is saying, man, I'm coming. I'm swinging by your house at a moment you might not know. Is your house in order? Are you prepared? Because when I come, there's going to be a weight to it. And so what do you do with that? We spend all of our time and energy. We leave this place, and we go on from this place, and we get a big whiteboard, and we start mapping out all of the different things that he says and draw a diagram of the second coming of Jesus and predictions we have and all this different stuff, or maybe even be so bold to say, you know what, I know he says the day or the hour, but at least I'm pretty sure we can pinpoint the year. So for thousands of years, people have been extending and writing and trying to articulate this, even in 2020. And has Christ come back yet? Not that I know of. No, I think our time would be better spent or should be spent being ready to look him face to face, being prepared by honoring Christ through our actions of love. In the world we live in, man, I can tell you a quick application is to live a life that loves the world around you in a radical way that is so countercultural to much of the world's experience right now in following Jesus. It's following the commandments of Jesus throughout scripture is how I'm ready. It's being committed to the gospel of Jesus. And not just in your head, not just saying, yeah, of course I'm committed to the gospel, but committed to the gospel so much so that it moves 12 inches from your head to your heart that you actually want to share the gospel with your neighbors and your networks and the people you do life with and the people you see in your neighborhood or the people you go to work with or whatever it is. How do I live prepared to see Christ face to face. Man, it's as 1 Corinthians says, standing firm in my faith. As Colossians says, continuing steadfast in prayer. As 1 Peter says, to, to be sober-minded. As Titus says, man, ready for every good work that the Lord has prepared for you. Man, it's following Jesus actively. Can I just ask you, is your house Ready? Christ comes back tomorrow. How will he find you? I feel as though oftentimes we get into this rut in Christianity. We're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Jim, I get it. Christ is coming back, I know. but I at least I doubt he'll come in my lifetime. So I got another good like 20 years, like I got another 30 years. Man, I'll I'll be more like I'll do more of what God's called me to when I'm like a little bit older. I'll give God my finances then, or I'll I'll actually be committed to the gospel then. Like right now, I'm just trying to build my business, Jim. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like totally and we get complacent and we start walking through life as though it's like yeah I'm a follower of Jesus I place my faith in Jesus and now I'm just kind of living life like it's totally fine Jim I'm only in my 20s I got plenty of time to live for Jesus but then what if Jesus comes back tomorrow or you meet him tomorrow the point of Jesus is that we live life every single day be prepared to see him face to face cuz we don't know the day or the hour when we will see him. Can can I just tell you, if you're here today or if you're watching online today, and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus and what he did for you on the cross, confessing your sins and all the things that you've done wrong over your whole life as an offense to God and placing your faith and trust in Jesus, repenting of your sins and giving him your life, your act of preparation today is to give your life to Jesus. Your preparation today is to confess with your mouth right now that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe with your heart, place your faith and trust in all that he did for you on the cross that you could never do for yourself. And today you'll be better prepared for tomorrow because you'll actually be ready to see him. Because I'll tell you today, if you're watching online or you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, you are not prepared. I don't care what else you do. Man, I don't care if you fed like 20 homeless people yesterday and you put money in the offering plate, but we don't pass offering plates anymore. The giving box. And, man, you've served your whole life and you haven't missed a Sunday this last year. If you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus, all of that is for nothing. One day you'll stand before the Lord and it's not as though he's going to be like, man, oh, my word, you fed that many homeless people. Come on in. No, but all of that makes sense and is beautiful and an offering to the Lord when I've placed my faith and trust in Jesus. And then I stand before the Lord and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come. Are you prepared, follower of Jesus, to meet the Lord? I love a quote by J.C. Ryle. He says this, true Christians ought to live like watchmen The day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. They should strive to be always on their guard. They should behave like the sentinel of an army in an enemy's land. They should resolve by God's grace not to sleep at their post. Because we don't know the day or the hour that the Lord will come, but we're called to be prepared. Well, how do we be prepared? He says to be faithful. Look in verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food and at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find in so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants, and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of the servant will come on the day when he does not expect him, and at that hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces, and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not only to be ready should we be prepared, but we should be Faithful. That's how we're ready. We're ready by being prepared. We're prepared by being faithful. Being faithful to the Lord. Uh, Jesus uses it in comparison here, and he uses emotive language, illustration, comparison to get to our heart at the end of the story. He actually uses super hyperbolic graphic language to shock us into. Hearing and understanding what he's saying. He says there's a household. He introduces us to a household with a servant. He says there's a faithful servant he puts over his entire staff. He's the guy that serves everyone and maybe oversees other staff. And he's overseeing the whole house. In verse 45, he says he's faithful and wise and he does his job and he carries on his duties and food is on time. Amen. That servant... He's, he's good, and he is blessed as he declares a blessing over him. He says, man, this servant, he's wise, and he's faithful, and he will be blessed. Not only that, I will set him over all that I have. He'll even get more blessing because he is faithful. And then comparatively, he compares to a wicked servant. And he thinks his master's gone. I mean, he's maybe even convinced himself, man, he won't even come back. Or I've got a long time until he's coming back. And so as he starts to mistreat the other servants, he beats them, of which he's also a servant. He must think he's better than the rest of them. So he beats the other servants. And so he goes out and he's hanging out and he gets drunk. And he's known as a drunkard, hang out with other drunks. And he's bringing the name down of the master. It's amazing. I go back to what I said earlier. It's amazing to how many Christians live that life. We even convince ourselves in our own minds, I think in the back of our minds, we play this game like, yeah, I know the Lord's coming back, but he's not going to come back today. So I can beat my fellow servants and I can do what I want. Like, the Lord's not coming back, like, in the next, like, five years. I know that. Like, it'll be fine. Like, I, again, I'll, I'll fix my life in a couple of years. I'll fix my life tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes the next day. We almost convince ourselves, like, yeah, I totally believe that there's going to be a day when the Lord literally comes back to the earth. Or tomorrow, I'm going to meet him face to face. But it's not going to be Tomorrow. Jesus says in verse 50, the master of the servant will come on the day when he does not expect him and an hour he does not know. Simply put, the, the the disobedient or unwise servant never saw it coming. And Jesus ends with some kind of harsh language in verse 51 that's illustrated. Illustration that's like almost like a shocking outcome to shock the reader into response when he says, this wicked servant is dismembered, cut into pieces, and put with the hypocrites. That's, that's weighty. Does it, does it call you to like think about it for a moment, that the wicked servant is like the hypocrites? The most heinous sin in Matthew's gospel is like hypocrisy. And hypocrisy, not like we think hypocrisy, like we think hypocrisy is like Jim lives one way when he's on the platform in front of the church, but Jim lives a different way in his home. Matthew, from the very beginning, says hypocrisy is not that. Hypocrisy is that Jim has it all together on the external, on the platform, and in front of all of you, and in front of all of his children, and his wife, but his heart is far from God. That's hypocrisy in Matthew. There is a lot of Christians that are living that hypocrisy. They come to church. They try to do all the good stuff and not do all the bad stuff. But their heart is very cold and far from the Lord. And what they live just has become this religious stuff we do. We go to church on Sunday and we're in a small group and just do it. I've been doing it since I was like a kid. That's the opposite of faithfulness in the time. Now, faithfulness is something quite different. It's following Jesus. It's actively waiting to see the Lord. It's movement. It's obedience. It's all the things we've been talking about. It's interesting, as a pastor, I get the opportunity to do funerals. It's part of the gig. And there's not a funeral that goes by where I don't share one thing because it's always been a thing for me is that funerals are always sobering moments for me. They're sobering in two ways. They're sobering because it, it makes me think about how I'm living my life with those closest to me. Like, what do I do with the moments that I have with my daughters? Am I so addicted to my phone that I don't pay attention to them? And Like, what am I doing to spiritually raise them? Because one day, when I don't know it, the hour of the day, there's gonna be people gathered in a room like this to celebrate my life. So it's always sobering for me in how I'm spending time with those around me that are closest to me. It's sobering to me in another reality, and it's this. It's sobering that one day I'm going to stand before the Lord and I'm going to give an account for what I did and how I lived and how I was faithful. And that is a sobering reality to me. And this is what Jesus is saying here. It's going to be day and hour when He comes. Or you can fast forward that motion to where I leave this earth and I'm gonna stand before the Lord and am I prepared to see him? The text begs for a response. It begs that we respond to it, that being prepared is being faithful and being faithful is being prepared. But are we ready? Are we faithful in this moment? What does it look like and how are we living in obedience to his word and honoring him and honoring our master Jesus in everything? i said that everything we play this game in christianity that like i can compartmentalize faithfulness means i'm faithful because i'm faithful to god in every area except this little area over here this closet area this is my area so i don't want to be faithful to god so take that same application of faithfulness and apply it to your marriage and say like it's okay for your wife to be 75 percent faithful to you or your husband We don't apply that to anything else, but we apply it to our Christianity all the time. Like, I'm generally faithful to God. Or are we living faithful lives holistically to our master? What does it look like for you in life in this moment? Can I ask you, when you walk out of the door today and you either go to like a restaurant or you go home or you go to a kid's soccer game or wherever you're going today, what does it look like for you today to live faithfully in light of the Lord returning tomorrow? I don't even got to tell you. Right now, the Spirit of God tells you. What does it look like for you to, like, reject what you've been living in and walk in faithfulness today when you leave this place and you walk on those doors in light of the fact that you might see the Lord tomorrow? Like, this is what we have to wrestle with. This is what we have to live with because we can't live under the understanding that yeah, I got 10 more years to give God my money. I've got 10 more years to live sexually pure so before that I see the Lord, I'll be good in his eyes or whatever, I'll be, I'll be okay. Or I've got 10 more years to fix this problem in my life. No, today is the day. Today is the day. Because God calls us to be actively waiting in preparation and in faithfulness. Not so that he'll look at me and love me. He already loves you more than you could ever imagine. But in response to his love, being faithful and following him, when I see him, man I'm ready, I'm expecting, I'm walking through every day. Lord, if you come today, I can't wait to see you. Is that your heart? Or is it like, man, I hope you don't come today, Lord I'm not I am. I'm a mess right now. Well man, today, I guarantee you God will meet you in that mess and call you to walk faithfully before him. What does faithfulness look like for you today as you leave this place? What things do you need to reject? What things do you need to enter into? We'd be prepared and ready and actively, faithfully living before the Lord. Because friends, I, I, I just, Jesus is coming again. We're gonna see the Lord face to face. Will he find us faithfully walking or doing something else? Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.